The other side of that, it's the worst Irish defensive performance I've seen in a long, long time. Aaron Smith, he's truly, truly wonderful player. He's one of the best players who's ever played the game. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. The Football Pod on OTB Sports in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. You're all very welcome along to yet another episode of The Football Pod. It's episode 26. James O'Donoghue and Paddy Andrews, are you both still friends after your experience in Crow Park yesterday? Just about. No, it was very amicable. I think that's great game, but I think the better team did win. And it was nothing, there was no sour, there was no cynical play or nothing sour about the whole game. In fairness, just played in great spirit. And all the dubs were very, were very amicable and very praising of Kerry, which was nice as well. I think deserved. Yeah, so, uh, look, it was... I was there on Saturday as well, and to be fair, Saturday's game probably didn't, uh, it was more for purists, but uh, the atmosphere right now, around the country, the atmosphere the stadium was class from the Derry and Galway fans, but in Crow Park yesterday was, for anyone who had the, the fortune of being there, whether you're, whether you're a dub or you're from Kerry, it was an incredible day, like the build up to it, the atmosphere around town, the weather helped, and just the anticipation of the game, you felt it was the two best teams in the country. Bit of a setback for the Dubs, obviously, before throwing. The kind of worst fears were, were confirmed with Conor Callan wasn't playing, but that didn't detract from, from what was an incredible occasion. And what a finale. There's been some classics. Myself and Jimmy have been fortunate to be involved in a few over the last decade against each other. Um, I don't think quality-wise, maybe it was at that level, but in terms of just drama and <laughs> intensity and edge of your seat stuff I mean the entire stadium was rocking at different times um, it was a roller coaster of a game but uh, look I agree with James you have to hold your hand up and say over the course of the entire game Dublin had chances to win it but I think the better team prevailed on the day despite some very ropey uh, patches down down the finish but but James is right he can, we're pr- you're very privileged ourselves to have played in this fixture in this game and Dublin and Kerry is a, is a special special occasion and not just I think in Irish sport uh, and you could see that again yesterday whoever came out on top there's just total respect and I think the players all understand that this is bigger than any one team or any player it's there's some legends and history that's gone before and that, that's just the latest chapter in it and they'll be back again there's no doubt about it um, but it was Kerry's day yesterday and it was deserved to be fair No it's actually mad this sounds ridiculous but I actually didn't realise almost how big Kerry Dublin was when you're playing, do you know, like when you're playing, you're so sheltered from you're, you're trying to stay away from it, yeah. Stay away from all the build up. You don't yeah. read the paper, you don't talk to anyone. It's like stay out of my ear just because we used to say any sort of talk before the game just softens your mind. So it's like yeah. just don't talk about it. And people knew that. And then when you're part of all the build up, it's like this thing is absolutely massive. You know, it's incredible. Oh, like. And the noise changed yesterday when when all the dubs got in. And it just went from, it went from kind of calm, calm, calm. And then before you knew it, the place was electric. Like the noise <laughs> inside there was insane. It was just classic. I think Kerry only brought, not only, but say if there was 72 or three there, I think was there. Yeah. There's probably 50,000 dubs. I agree. Yeah. 22,000 Kerry. And in fairness to the Kerry crowd, they made their, they made their voices hard. I thought they were brilliant yesterday. Like when Shawnee rattled that free over, 
the cheer <laughs> was like it was like the Dublin scorch. You know, it was a nice low cheer. It was just savage. Just great the, to cacoph- be the cacophony of noises, though, while Shawnee O'Shea was taking that free was just absolutely magic. There's the booing and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's this lull when you watch it back. There's that intake of breath where everyone's wondering because he puts the bloody ball 14 yeah. yards beyond the, the post. The second he hits it, oh. I knew we were under pressure. Like I was hoping. I wasn't saying anything. I heard I heard through the grapevine that Paddy Andrews was happy enough that Sean O'Shea had put the ball in the deck. He was. He, did. he goes, leave him kick that. Leave 100%. Him kick I, I admit that. I was thinking not within the conditions, the time of the game. He's nearly 60 metres out. <laughs> and I'm just thinking that he's not kicking that. But there's the little bit you're going... He might, but the second I was hoping, literally, he duffs it and it gets like 10 yards off the ground, and that's it. But the second he strikes and you see it take off, I was like, Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you ju- you're just waiting on you, you judge by the hill because we're kind of we weren't behind it, you're kind of seeing it side on, so you, you don't know for certain. But you're looking at the hill because if it's going wide, the hill is going electric and yeah. there's not a peep out of him, and you just know he's absolutely black spot that like. And that was it. It was like, I think it was six minutes or five minutes was added and he took it into 76. You knew that was it. That that was the, there wasn't going to be another play. Like, talk like 12 years earlier, it was the exact same, the same end and it was, and it was our side and it started off an incredible decade for, for our side and for our supporters and everyone involved in, in, in Dublin GA. And you just get the sense that, that that kick yesterday could have the symmetry is incredible. <laughs> like you do sense that that could be the straw that broke the camel's back and the dam has burst. They still have to beat Galway, which, which we'll touch on tonight and, and on Thursday at the live show, more importantly. But but it was it was just a, a seismic game for Kerry in the development of that team. And that moment, look, we'll see that kick for 50 years. If, if they get the job done. I think even, even if they didn't, <laughs> even if they didn't, that was just... An incredible moment. Uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like, uh, no, I, I was mentioned... silent for about three minutes after that. Oh, I can only imagine. Jimmy, Jimmy nearly fell over the roof of the stand. He was jumping I didn't really go over at one stage. Did Jesus. you? Uh, well, it was well, the well, first time in, uh, of the whole point? day I actually felt warm. Inside in that Hogan stand, the cold up there was absolutely... Tier seven. Tier incredible. seven. Yeah, it's another climate up well, there. Well, Kerry, lads. Like Kerry have taken over the media it's incredible like, well, Danny, you're, around you're Danny is there beside you one minute then Fitzmaurice is there behind you in the queue like oh, Jesus Christ Donahue's commentary with uh, yeah. yeah Donahue's commentary with Dave Mack was it Mike Finnerty yesterday was yeah it was ridiculous no, Dave Mack was in was Dave, Dave Mack, Mack yesterday um, but you know what Tommy we say we, you want probably close games to go to extra time maybe penalties for unbelievable drama but like it was unbelievable to settle it after 70 with that big a moment do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like if it if the ref hadn't given the free or whatever and it petered out to a draw and some someone won by two or three points maybe an extra time, it would still be a great game. But it got the finish it deserved as well with that unbelievable point. Like that score is iconic now. It's just it's already, great for Shawnee. Great for Shawnee. Four hours later, it's already iconic. Yeah. You can see the reaction across the board. It's you just an incredible, incredible bit of skill. And like if you're gonna lose a game to losing them that way like you've lost to an absolutely phenomenal bit of skill yeah. and you just got to hold your hands up it was it was sensational you mentioned symmetry Paddy and sliding doors is a word that I would have thought of as well in, in relation to that free from Cluxon in 2011 <laughs> James in the 68 minute I, I don't know who I said I said it out loud I said Dublin have this 
they're done. <laughs> they have it. Kerry are done. I just said it. I, like, yeah. I'd I say a lot think, of people I, were saying it. I didn't think Kerry would shoot themselves in the foot, but there was just that feeling all game long that even in the build-up, you had it. That Kerry just haven't proven it yet. And that was the question. They, yeah, they got over the line. Well, what, what were you like then in that? Like, because well, in, in the build-up to the game, in the build-up to the game, he was quiet at that. I'm telling you, he? he was quiet. I was, was so quiet. Ghost. Well, in the build-up to the game, I was saying. Kerry can't fall over the line here. If Kerry are going to beat this Dublin team, they have to go with the six, seven points ahead and keep them at arm's length, keep tipping away the points and actually sprint over the line. Because if you fall over the line, the dubs will reel you in. The pressure that was in the, on that field with the crowd and everything and the yeah. score just being, being slowly clawed back. It's incredible pressure. And what Kerry did as well, which was poor by Kerry, they actually lost their shape completely. Now, Dublin played wide open and Kerry just left two or three forwards up in attack and everyone else was too deep. So whenever they were trying to get the ball out, it was kind of it was kind of too clustered and they made bad decisions up front then for a little spell and suddenly it's level. But like when Costello got that goal and he had absolutely no right to go for that goal and I can't speak highly enough of Costello for that because he was playing poorly, to be fair, from his standards. He wasn't playing great. He got the ball. He could have easily chipped the point and gone, right, I'm in the game here. I'll get another one. But he went, he went for it. And he put it on the deck in off the post. An absolutely unbelievable finish. Can and I then make, it was really game on. Can I make a point about that Costello goal? And I don't know if this is ever coached to you, but Podge Collins mentioned it to me a couple of weeks ago. It was coached some under age, under 21, say, hurling training with Claire. Use the defender as a shield when you're yeah. taking a shot on goal. If the defender steps into the keeper's eye line, bam. And it's like Costello spotted that split second Use the defender as a shield and into the corner past Shane Ryan. There was nothing to aim at. No. no there was something to aim at. That's the thing. Like, he, didn't, okay. he, didn't, he didn't, even though he's quite far out, he doesn't blast that. He actually hits it with his inset, mm. but he just whips it into the corner. And that's, there was an avenue to aim at. That's why you can lose your composure there. You can snatch at it. You can try and put your laces through. Watch the way he strikes the ball. He actually strikes it with the instep of his foot. He's placed that ball at pace into the corner and it's, we were right behind it, you know, when we're up at the top of the Hogan stand. It was right in the eye line of it. And it was, Dublin needed it. Jesus Christ, they needed it. Um, and that was kind of the spark that brought it back in. But the, the thing that was different, even though Dublin got back into the game, they're probably on top coming down the stretch. There was still a sense they were struggling for scores. Yeah, struggling for scores in the entire game. That conviction the Costello showed wasn't there for a lot of that game. No, no and that's the... You're, you think of Dublin in the past where they where they, they blitz a team and, and they actually did it this year in the Leinster final against Galera within five minutes they've scored four goals like and that's that's what you always associate with Dublin that when the crowd get involved and, and the place was rocking and they're pushing up on kickouts they can reel off one three or one four or two three in the space of five minutes and take the game away from you in that period they never did that they never did that yesterday because you've got to be honest the firepower isn't there that's that's the reality of it. And I probably came home to roost yesterday, particularly without Conor Callan. You look at the full forward line for Dublin, like Costello's goal is the only score they get. Dean kicks a couple of frees, but doesn't Dean doesn't have a shot from play outside of that. Costello has a couple of wides, Larkin O'Dell, pa- Paddy Small, to be fair, comes on and kicks a point and he gives some sort of impetus there. But that, that Kilkenny, it's Kilkenny really who grabs the ball by the horns. It is, and but Kilkenny's kept very, very quiet in the first half. And, and even for him to get, he gets three points in the second half with incredible leadership. 
and the, like the, the overriding emotion for me leaving the stadium yesterday kind of driving home on my own afterwards was like very proud of the team because they were up against it and Kerry were the better team and Dublin still went all the way to the wire with them but but for Kilkenny's three scores he has to work so hard to get them like it was just there was never a sense that even though Dublin probably had the momentum behind them they weren't going to reel off four or five points in the spin like so it was all it was always it, despite the opening quarter I thought it was quite open and we were like me and Jimmy were looking at each other going, this is incredible stuff yeah but then it dies a lot like it's it quite low scoring when the black card it's when the black card kicks in yeah. it's like the game completely dies and I know there's a there's a level of that right where Dublin managed that black card incredibly with the games management there Dublin the only scored a point in the second quarter that was it and and they are but Kerry Kerry looks like, like they're three. hanging on they are hanging on if Sean O'Shea scores that penalty and it, Kerry goes seven clear I honestly think like Dublin were hanging on as it was five yeah. points down at half time if it goes to seven like they got a little boost out of it John Small comes back on and they saved the penalty there's a little bit of a row that, that kind of gives Dublin a little bit of energy lifts them yeah but, but if that goes in and, and Kerry goes seven up that, it could have been messy it, it yeah. was honestly going that way because Dublin were really really struggling for it but uh but Dublin, Paddy, Dublin will be kicking themselves because if you think back to the first half, right, kicking into the hill, Fenton had a very bad wide, unlike him. Kilkenny had a very bad wide, unlike him. Costello, same. And they had one other poor one. I forget what it was. Oh, but like, Howard, Howard had a bad one outside the boot. Yeah, had eight boys, yes. They had, like, the, they were coming in against Kildare at 90% conversion. And next thing, they hit this kind of slump in front of the goal in the first half. 58 yesterday. But it's different pressure. Jimmy. Really, yeah. It would have really... But those shots weren't under that much pressure. That would have really dented Kerry's momentum if those sailed over. I, I couldn't, Paddy. And I, I, it was the same in the second half. David Clifford looked bemused once or twice when his when the shots he took went wide. Winner, lads. If you haven't played in Crow Park, you definitely can't see it. Expl- you could Kelly. see it where I was sitting in the Hogan. It was like the lads... Clifford were- was a miss in the first half. and I mean, he has two wides in the second half. Killian Spillane has one as well. well what is it? Describe that wind. Like, it's like it's moving, is it? It's the only open part of the stadium. So the wind comes in there like we were in the stand at the top of the Hogan Centre there's a wind coming in there it was despite the heat it was a very windy day and if there's any sort of breeze it's going hill 16 and I said this on air with Joe yesterday like it's funny hearing a Dublin player say this but it's a I didn't really enjoy shooting into hill 16 really? the canal end is where if there's any wind it's going down into the canal end so it's an easier goal to shoot into it's shelter whereas bo- both teams struggled with it yesterday like Kerry couldn't really miss in the first half I think Gainey has their only wide yeah. with his left foot and probably kind of forced it because he, he was on the periphery of the game whereas in the second half there was two or three in a row particularly after the goal Clifford has a, a brilliant flick up off at Simons you're thinking everything he touched was turned into gold and that just trails wide and the crowd get another roar but it, it, it is it's hard to if you haven't played there and you definitely don't get the sense of the TV, but but it is tricky when there's any sort of breeze shooting until sixteen. You can see it again. That's what makes Sean O'Shea score all the more impressive. Like it's it's incredible. It was described in the in the Indo today as the greatest free of all time. Ooh, maybe, yeah. Very soon, it's obviously recency bias. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard to properly dissect that. Like free, like like. Like Green O'Neill's equaliser. Like, did we say a couple of weeks ago there was more pressure on that because it was a, an equaliser? Personally, I think there's actually, it's not like a normal, it wasn't a shot to nothing for Sean O'Shea. I actually think his team had crumbled around him for 10 minutes. The dubs were at them. They were at the trolls. It's, it's funny. I actually thought Dublin needed to win it normal time. Did you? Until Kenny gets, the, uh, Dean Rock taps over the score and this is the disappointing thing and, and 
I don't know if many people spoke about it yet, but I'm, without a doubt, Dublin are going to focus on this when they review this game. Paddy Small gets a brilliant mark and it's, it's 73 on the clock. Mm-hmm. And it's turning, I don't know who says something to the ref and it's brought in and, and Dean Rock taps it over. But Very quickly. It's a set, that's a set play for, from a dead ball. Dublin push up on the kick out and they've time to get set. It's not like it's a helter skelter they've scored from play and everyone's all over the place. It's, it's a free. So they've pushed up and I'm thinking, like, turn this, win this kick out. Win this kick. Shane Ryan is under pressure and Dublin, they get it off. And that this happens two or three times so hard for in that last quarter. And I'm thinking the massive thing, and Dublin have focused on this for years, when the shit hits the fan and you're pushing up on a kick out at that stage of a game, you, your man just cannot get the ball. Whatever you have to do, your man doesn't get it. It didn't feel like the 17 kick out against Mayo. Costello, Costello kind of loses a man. I think Scully loses one on the play before that as well. And it's just a pressure release for the opposition. If you're all over the man and you get a turnover there, I mean, the stadium will, the fans will nearly score the point for you. <laughs> it's that much momentum. And that's the one you went along before. you get the score out of it. Yeah, I thought that one, was the chance. The one he went long before was the one that James McCarthy broke back. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh my God, James McCarthy. It was like, <laughs> the whole stadium was like lifted. It's so incredible. if Shane Ryan had to go long again, and one of the big boys from Dublin won it like a Fenton in Kilkenny or a catch from Fenton or something. Oh, <laughs> it was unbelievable. So to let Kerry off with a short kick out was criminal. Like, but it was unbelievable for Brian Begley to show the bravery to make those five or six runs when you're tired. And I think the last ball he got, it kind of bounced very low. You have, have to make a nice. I we were going to get it. I was going to get a hand yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. So, not in fairness, all credit to Brian there, but. Yeah, criminal by Dublin to let the short kick out go off. But, but, but lads, I remember f- from our, the on playing days, like the focus we put on that, like the energy we got, and we knew that the stadium would react to it. We'd react to it. If we win a kick out, particularly at that stage of the game, it's like, this is on. Got, like, killed them here. Like, that, that was the mentality. And you could see, see, if you look back at any of our games, if we win that kick out, win a steal, it's like the, everyone is just sprinting forward. And that's Dublin would have focused on that, I know for a fact. And but but you big yeah. play, and, but, but the big thing from a from a free kick where you've time to get everyone up the pitch and get into position, and they get it off, and you just think, oh, I thought that was their best chance to win it. I actually wouldn't like, have fancy Dublin in, in extra time. But like looking at that kick out because it did strike me that Rock took it very quickly, and when he took it that fast, I was like, okay, Dubs are going to kill them here. And Comerford is is way out of his goal. He's covering Comerford's space. On the halfway line. Yeah. Com- Comerford's doing his job, but it's it's nearly like. For the first time in however many years, it just didn't click with everyone at the same time to do it. If one, if one lad loses it, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. that's that's what happens. We have got a very big week week ahead of us. We have got yeah. a road show on Thursday night, <laughs> so we are going to be doing a quick fire podcast this week. So we're going to be going quick fire through some of the incidents in Dublin Kerry in a couple of minutes. We are going to be chatting about Westmead's Talchin Cup victory. They bet Cavan at the weekend. Paddy was there. And he was also there for Galway's win against Derry in the All-Ireland Senior Semi-Final. Just to note as well that New York, a colleague of ours, Paul Murphy on the football pod, picked up an All-Ireland Junior medal. Full back for the Kilkenny team that bet New York at the weekend, 312 to 1-9. So uh, Murphy got that medal at the weekend. So we are going to be talking about those couple of games in a couple of minutes. We have a couple of questions from the football pod listeners. And I just... I'm delighted to announce that we are sold out for our road show on Thursday night. Myself, Paddy and James are going to be in Kilmacook Crooks Clubhouse. 
We're all God. We sold out before Dublin lost. Jesus, before <laughs> Dublin lost, and before we even announced our special guest. Yeah, boys, Michael Meehan is joining us on Thursday. Night. Oh, <laughs> James, famously, you had Michael Meehan in your five-a-side team at the start of the year. I did, and in fairness, I was bang on. You were surprised that I picked him. I was oh. pleasantly surprised. He was. You mean you are now completely player. downgraded to useless corner forwards compared to this fella when he comes on on Thursday yeah. night. That's one, all right. That's one of right. the greats. One of the greats, and it's going to be brilliant to get Galway. Haven't been in a fi- is it twenty two years since Galway have been in a final? Twenty one. Twenty. Thousand and one. Twenty one. Sorry, twenty yeah. twenty one years since they've been in a final. Uh, Michael Bean was an absolute superstar. He missed out on that era. Unfortunately, at an awful run with injuries and stuff like that as well. But it'd be good to get insights from him on what what it's like in Galway now, because there's there's phenomenal momentum behind yeah. behind them. They'll fancy their chances against Kerry as well. To be fair to them, and just hear about his own what an incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible player. Jesus Christ! Yeah. You know, it's hard to ask him. Do you know, like when Joyce went into that job, it was I'm going to play all out attacking yeah, yeah, football. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, he said, do you know what? This isn't quite working. Yeah. So that reality bites. I'm surprised that he would have done that. Do you know what else Porrick Joyce said in his first week in the Galway job in a local interview on Galway Bay? I think it was in Galway Bay. Win the All-Ireland. He was asked what success was. And he said, I'm going to win the All-Ireland. Yeah. Success in your first season like, to win the All-Ireland. And like, that's, that's what a county like Galway, I think it's realistic. Okay, at the time they were probably a bit further back in the pack, but if he's there for three years, mm. like God, we have unbelievable tradition and we know they've got good players. Like, so I, I don't think that's as outlandish a statement um, as it's made out to be. It's like they are a massive county like, with yeah. massive tradition and they've got good players. Yeah. So it's, it's sensational. We're going to be building up to that, the semi final. We're going to be analysing the game tonight. We're going to be building up to the semi final at the roadshow on Thursday night. It is sold out. We will be putting the podcast up for anyone who can't make it on the night. The podcast will probably go up a little bit later in the weekend. It's all Ireland hurling weekend, but you can still get your football dose. And then we'll be back next week with another podcast next Monday or Tuesday. So it'll be up Monday night, Tuesday morning. So, uh, you know, loads to come on the football pod. Lads, I was a little bit jealous that I wasn't in between yesterday, I'll be honest. (laughs) But I did get into the Hogan James and like you mentioned it, that you didn't realise what it was like atmosphere wise the build up it was absolutely ridiculous yesterday mm-hmm. and Paddy like well, I don't know if you're going to agree with me here a lot of it goes down to the Dublin fans a lot of it goes to the Dublin fans because the atmosphere the carnival nature of it the flares in the hill there's nothing like it like it's just it's just I don't know what it is like but just that no, yesterday was one of the greatest what, uh, what I thought yesterday was was that um it was obviously coming off the back of COVID. There hasn't been a sellout in Crow Park for a number of years. The last massive sellout was the 2019 final. It was Dublin and Kerry again. Yeah. That replay. Um, so there was just, there was a will. Everyone wants to see Dublin and Kerry. I, even though last year both teams lost their semi-final, I think they're the two best teams. So there was, I don't, not just even Dublin and Kerry fans, I think the neutrals wanted to see this game because they understand the, the size of the game and, and the occasion as well. So, I was chatting to a couple of, of ex-teammates of mine as well who were all heading into the game over the weekend and it was like genuine excitement, like a fan going in, really for the first time since since retiring. Because James is right, but when we played, we were, 
we would actually have been quite big on embracing the, the kind of history of Dublin GAA and the 70s team. Jim would have been very big on that and what it meant to represent Dublin and things like that. So not in the build, maybe not like the week before we play Kerry and all in the semi-final final. We're not going there. That's, that's kind of too emotive, but definitely at different stages of the season, we will be very aware and very conscious of what we were representing and, and, and look, the 70s team and the 70s team is, is Dublin Kerry. That's that's what makes that legacy so big. Um. So, so we're always aware of that and he understood that and, and like you say the privilege of being able to play in it but yesterday you could just see it it was like it was probably the first time in a long time Kerry were coming up expecting to win the game and if we're if Dublin fans were being honest that was kind of in the back of Dublin fans heads as well it was kind of like it was like they sensed it we need to get behind the team yeah. because we've had an amazing decade but we're up against it today yeah, and it was a sense of we're all in this together. We need to try and get over the line together, and that's Dublin fans are look. At it. They're incredible. We've had some very special days, and being able to kind of represent them and things like that has been, like I say, very proud to be able to do that. But but you got the sense yesterday. It was like we're up against it. Let's just give everything. <laughs> Players, supporters, everyone involved, and it was very very nearly enough. But. But Kerry had that energy as well because even from talking to Kerry people around the stadium and, and like say Jimmy and, and, and a couple of ex-players Kerry lads there was an, an expectation that this was it we've, had, we've been down, down the doldrums they've had our number for a long time today is the day to put it right and th- that was just the mix of both supporters coming in with that and yeah. you're right the energy in there it was, was, it was savage it was, being in the middle of it because like yeah even like the penalty miss and the way the Dublin fans <laughs> celebrated it you know and it I, was have like, no sure you I have no voice are you allowed <laughs> celebrating the press box James no I don't know but that, just coming to that right you had I wanted to pick you up on like two or three things at the very start and I'm not going to go back to them now I thought you were for anyone watching the pod James is very humble at the start of the podcast here Ke- James is wearing his Kerry top at the minute, he's wearing right. a full kit. In he's wearing box. a full carry top. Let's see it. He had a pair Beautiful. of boots on him yesterday. There it is, but you weren't wearing your carry top in the press box, were you? No, I wasn't. But I didn't that know video, the ending. Ashlyn caught the video of Sean O'Shea's free and spun to you celebrating with poor Paddy's face looking on. <laughs> and it just, it's just one I didn't of move for about a minute after it. But it, it, you don't know with a game like that, it could go either way. It could go like that ball, the Paul Murphy kick to Clifford last play yeah. could have been spilled and could have gone down the other side of the field and could have been over the bar in a second. Davy Byrne was no. so unlucky there. Was it Davy Byrne up? Yeah, up, up Clifford's arse. Like I he, thought it was a arse. clear foul. Watching the replay, he was very unlucky. It was unlucky, but you know what I was thinking? And my seven Paddy spoke about this after. Like the ref was, was comfortable giving that free yeah, because of the distance it was from the goals. <laughs> He's not thinking, Kerry here, have Shawnee Shea who's going to have a go at this. He's thinking, I'll leave this attack play out for a little bit and possibly blow it up. Well, I and guarantee you, if that is in the D, he would not have given that free. Yeah, I, I, he knows I, I, he's I, I, deciding I agree the game. You. He's deciding the game with it and he thinks he's off the hook because it's so yeah. far. I'm telling you, if that's in the D and the clock is in the red, we're in injury time of injury time, he would not have given that free. Yeah, I, no chance. It was a soft free, but he does have a hand in the back. But I think he didn't have to ball it. I agree with you, Tommy. Yeah. In real time, I was going, hmm, that is a free. Yeah, but he's unlucky though. The psychology of a referee, yeah. they don't want to decide the game in the, the last. He knows there's no time left. Yeah, and if that's inside, they will give you leeway. They'll give you leeway. Well, yeah. Clifford does very well because he gets his body in between Davy Byrne and the ball. And just like the Cooper 29, 2019 incident, remember he just gets his body in the way yes. and makes Cooper foul him. Yeah. Like 
It's an unbelievably it's so good forward play. Yeah, is it's so clever. Yeah, it's just excellent forward play. Shield the ball, win it if you can. If not, you'll get your free. Yeah. yeah. But just to go so, back onto the onto the the atmosphere and everything last day, like yeah. seventy odd thousand people turned up to that game knowing that there was going to be a game of football played. Like it was going to be kicking, it was going to be running, it was going to be scoring. It wasn't going to be 15 behind the ball on either side and kind of a snooze fest. Like, you know, going into Kerry Dublin, they are going to go at it the way it should be going at. So like that, were that kind of builds the intensity as well. But were defensive at times. They were defensive, but when they're breaking, the ball is being kicked. Yeah. Like both sides want to kick it. Paddy always says about Fenton. Fenton gets it. As soon as he turns, his eyes are up in the top of his head to look for someone like Conor Callahan or Rock or Costello. Like he wants to move the ball with the foot and he's willing to risk it. Mm. Same with Kerry. Like they were kicking the ball down the line. Yeah. And if, if you're actually preparing for, say, a Kerry Dublin game, I think the best training you can actually do is play like 13 asides because yeah. there's, there's space everywhere. You have to kick the ball. You have to use your legs to run into the space, get off of the shoulders. That's the way it is in the game. It's not a really clustered match, Kerry Dublin. There's actually spaces Never. to play. Never. Yeah. Like, but you have to be brave kicking and running. Whereas in the games against maybe a Derry or a Donegal style uh, game, there's a lot of hand passing. It's very intricate because there's no space at all. And it's a lot of quick hands. It's a completely different game. Yeah. And that you have to prepare so differently. That's why Kerry need to be very careful against Galway. Obviously, yeah. Kerry are going to be favourites. If Kerry don't win this game, they will be <laughs> they will be incredibly disappointed because it's set up for them, to be fair. But it's, this change in style is a big, big it's change. massive. And we're going to come to that a little later today and on Thursday night in the Football Pod. This is episode 26 of the Football Pod, of season two of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James Donahue. It is brought to you with thanks to AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Talchin Cup final result this weekend. Westmead 214, Cavan 113. Paddy Andrews is there. Also there for Derry 1-6, Galway 2-8. And as we've mentioned already, Kilkenny won the junior final, 3-12-1-9. And Kerry bet the dubs in the All-Ireland semi-final for the first time since 2009, 113-1-12, with a last-minute Sean O'Shea free. What we're going to do, lads, is we're going to come back with some quick-fire questions on the Kerry Dublin match. Mm. Park that after 10 minutes. Move on to Galway Derry and on to Westmead Cavan before we park it there and we leave it for Thursday night. We are sold out Thursday night. But I managed to get my hands on two pairs of tickets Ooh. that we're going to give away to some loyal Football Pod listeners over the next couple of days. So probably on Twitter or Instagram. So stay peeled to our social media pages at footballpod underscore GA and I'll let you know how you can win them if you haven't got them already. We'll be back right after this. Very welcome back to episode 26 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We are getting stuck in to the aftermath of Dublin, Kerry. Classic yesterday, won in the last minute by a sensational Sean O'Shea free. This game had absolutely everything. It had, I think, Paddy, you caught captured it really well earlier on. It was quality, like at the very start. It was like, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah, first the load with the black card. Started the second half, very poor. The dubs take over then, and Dublin looked like they're going to run away with it. And Kerry just about hold on. But when I looked down and I saw Paddy Clifford win a man of the match, I was like, really? I watched the match back last night, lads. He was so important in that last Yeah, I minutes. can see why he won it. I, I can. I know a few people come up and raised eyebrows when we were chatting, obviously, and a lot of people after the game, and it was kind of... There's more obvious ones, obviously, Sean O'Shea's finish. He was brilliant in the first half, but he was 
Like being honest, he was he was very very quiet in the second half. He kicks the two frees in injury time. That that winner, he gets one. He wins the free beforehand off Lee Gannon. I think it's around the seventy first or seventy second minute. Kicks it over, and then he kicks the winner. Clifford was one of the most incredible displays in the first half. He was off the charts. McCarthy was just if he if he's not already. Dublin's greatest ever player. He's just another string in his bow yesterday for that. Kilkenny in the second half was exceptional. Um, so so there, were, there was more maybe obvious candidates, but but a massive issue for Kerry in that second half. They lost all shape. Her shape was completely gone. And this is a big challenge that they need to address for the All-Ireland final against Galway. When it was structured in the first half, that suited Kerry. They had Clifford, Sean O'Shea inside. They probably Clifford kind of roaming around. Ganey was playing off them. And they Jack Barry, O'Connor and Moran at midfield. And they could lodge balls in. It was just very, nearly like training ground stuff. The second, second half of it, and it wasn't anything. Dublin didn't get back into the game by any tactical revolution. Or I wouldn't say Sean O'Shea or David Clifford were quieter in the second half because their men completely got the better of them. The ball just didn't go up. All their structure was gone because Dublin basically turned around and said, if we don't just go and attack from everywhere, this game is gone. So the structure in the game, it just turned to complete chaos. And it reminded me, I said it uh, to James yesterday, reminded of when we used to play Mayo. And we always felt that if this is controlled, we have better players than them. We'll, we'll win this game comfortably. But Mayo never let that happen. They just went from everywhere. Complete cause anarchy because it suited them. And it just pulled... We, I remember so many times reviewing games against Mayo and like our whole full forward line is gasping for air in our half-back line because we just run three or four lengths of the pitch and we're going, how does this keep happening to us? But you can't let the guys go. You can't let Higgins or Keegan or any of these guys go. And the same with Kerry yesterday. They couldn't turn around and say, oh, we'll just let John Small or James McCarthy or Lee Gannon go forward. So, And, and Galway are going to try and pray on that as well. Take Kerry out of that structure. So, so that's what happened in the second half. Dublin just threw caution to the wind and, and that, that got them back into the game. The issue with Dublin was, as we touched on earlier, even though they had momentum, they don't have the firepower of previous years. And that's, like, we could be really, really simplistic with this. And we probably were last week, but it was general consensus across the board. If Khan doesn't play, Dublin are a completely different team. And that's it's the same with Clifford. If Clifford doesn't play with Kerry, there's just an X factor there, a, a, a figurehead in their attack that's not there, and it just blunts everything else. And Dublin missed that. It was magnified times 100 yesterday. That even when they were on top, they could not get the ball inside. It they was yeah. they, they could not get the ball inside. And that's a credit to Kerry's defensive structure. Jason Foley gets the better of Dean Rock. Thomas Fulham gets the better of, of Cormac Costello. So there, there wasn't an option in there. And, and I said it yesterday. Kilkenny gets the ball. Fenton gets the ball. I know them. I've played with them for 10 years. They The first thing they're looking to do is they're scanning out to in. What's the longest pass I can give here? That's not on. Mm, okay, what's the next one? That's not on either. Now I've got to give a hand pass. Yeah, We, we do not so, want to do that hand pass. But if the structure's not there and there's not a guy, and that's why Paddy Small was so important, by not doing anything out of the ordinary, by just being an absolute live wire. You're just moving, and, yeah. Just moving. Move. And, and the mark he gets in the 74th so minute. But that is what Dublin want to do all the time. Fenton looks and finally goes, there, I've got it. 50-yard kick pass. And it's a mark. And Dublin Why? just didn't have that really at any stage in the game. There's not Why many balls there. 
because I said it to you last week, will they will they put him in there more so in a left footed sense? And you were like, that doesn't matter. Like I don't think you were saying it's not a left footed thing. It's impact off the bench. Okay. So if you play those fifteen guys, is Small one of the best six forwards in that team? Yes, he is. Without Khan, he is. But you need something off the bench. We've said this, and Dublin were accused of that last year, and rightly so. That was an unbelievably hot day. You had to have guys coming in at 50, 55 minutes to give an extra kick. And that's why Scully and Small were kept in reserve. Like, like Larkin O'Dell is a young player, and he starts the game. And look, it's a very difficult game for someone at that level. He learned from that, and that's part of where Dublin are at at the minute. But are you telling me like he's better than Mike Scully? He's not. But you need to keep these guys in reserve. And you've seen the impact Paddy Small made. And Dublin needed that. He comes on at 40 minutes. But but that's where that's where Kerry were starting to lose complete structure. They yeah. go out of the game. And that's yeah. there's not a lot they can do there. <laughs> that's why Paddy Clifford was so important in that area because yeah. Adrian Spillane comes on. Killian Spillane comes on. James was nearly having a stroke beside me. Adrian Spillane gave the ball away three or four times. And at a, at a time in the game where it's like, you've just got to have a little bit of composure here because there was space. Because Dublin were just gone forward like and Clifford we look down and we're nearly laughing going my god we could nearly play ourselves inside in the full forward line it was Clifford with Fitzsimons and the whole Dublin half there was no one else there because everyone else had just gone and you're thinking Kerry just if Kerry played this correctly they'll actually they could run away with this but they were giving bad passes they were turning the ball over they start kicking bad wides and it nearly cost them so I suppose it's so rare Paddy that you actually see that set up in a match like, yeah, oh, totally. totally. You know, going down through the years, towards the end of a game, it would always be kind of wide open against anyone you played because fellas would be getting tired, they'd be going forward, couldn't get back. But no, teams are so structured that rarely would it get like that. It's probably only Kerry and Dublin who do get dragged out of position because they will go for it like that. Yeah. You know? But, but that, I, I that's think, why, honestly, that's why I think Paddy Clifford was so crucial at that time. Yeah. Okay. He, he is the cool head. But, and he gets a hand pass to score that Kerry keep the ball for nearly four minutes. And it was like, I was smiling to myself. I was like, I know that play. <laughs> we yeah. have done that play for, do you know, for 10 do you know years. It's, it's brilliant play. And it's so demoralizing for the opposition. Do you know the score he kicks off his left? He is one of the boys who turn over Kilkenny when Dublin were on the attack that time. There's four Kerry lads. There's Graham O'Sullivan, yeah. Begley, White and Potty Clifford. Potty ends up at the end of that attack to put it over the bar. Lads, going to go quick fire through these, all right? So James, coming yeah. to you on this one. Are these all Kerry-based questions probably, are they? No, they're not. There's a good balance, but there's about six of them and I want to get through them. So let's be quick with the answers, okay? David Moran's pass for that goal. Very similar to the arc of the ball that was sent into Kieran Donaghy, maybe a little bit further back, a little bit further out. Ganey, I think, gets a touch on it, leads to the yeah. goal. They pushed it. Are we going to see more of that against Galway given what we saw Armad do to Galway? I, I don't think Kerry will force it like that against Galway. Against Dublin, the opportunities are there to put it in because it might be 2v2 or 3v3. Ganey loves peeling off and feeling that or touching it down for someone. Against Galway, I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of bodies in there. Yeah, I don't think Kerry are going to force ball in. I do think it's a weakness by Galway, especially probably on top of the keeper. On top mm-hmm. of Gleeson, he doesn't really want those balls coming on top of him. But I can't see Kerry forcing the long ball. I think they'll play it a bit, bit cuter against, against Galway. Okay. Did you just one last one on that? Did you see David Clifford freaking out just before half time when he was one on one and the ball just didn't reach him? I yeah. don't know whether Potty didn't give it to him. No, it wasn't Potty. It wasn't Potty. I think. Yeah. But it, you know what it was? It would, it would have been a David Moore pass and outside yeah. of the right to the Cusack and kind of back around, coming back around. It was, and on. It was a goal chance. It was on. But like, yeah. unless, unless you do that in training, 
Paddy says it with Jim Gavin, you fall back to the level of your training unless you're playing that open football, which let's face it, teams aren't playing in training because it's so rare. Then you don't actually look for that pass as often. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paddy, I want to come to James for the start of this one and then come to you on it. Comer for lying down after the penalty was given, right? So yeah. uh, referee blows the whistle. Come to James as search. Referee blows the whistle. Comfort has a ball in hands. He doesn't hear it. He's tearing out with it. He gives a hand pass. He looks fine. <laughs> you see the behind the goal camera. He lies down. I'm not going to dress us up with any bullshit. At club level, training, whatever, conversations I had, what's, what are we going to do if they get momentum? We're going to lie down and hold our heads. Yeah. It happens in every club team around the country. Okay. James, were you frustrated looking at Comerford? Three minutes for Sean O'Shea to take that penalty? Like, are you Look, frustrated uh, with Comerford? Are you frustrated time, with the referee? Or what, what is your take on that? At the time, my concern was for Shawnee because you're standing over a penalty. There's 72,000 people watching you, just staring at you. What are you going to do? And the time is ticking by, ticking by. Every, every second is like five seconds. And as it goes on, you're getting more and more nervous. So I wasn't really thinking about Comerford. I was thinking about how Shawnee will be taking this penalty after such a long wait. Because with every second, it gets harder. Trust me. But after kind of seeing it back, Comerford has this unbelievable game management. He's, they've obviously talked about it. He's so good at it. Now, we can praise him and say he did the right thing for his team. 100% he did. He wasted four or five minutes. Small is on. Three minutes. The penalty is saved. Small is on. It's twofold brilliant. He, he, he messes <laughs> up with Johnny's head and he gets small back on. So... In that, case, in that case, it was brilliant. But there has to be, going forward, some sort of a stop on that clock if a fella's out with black hair. The left, the only way around this, and we actually praised one of the, if listen back a couple of weeks back when Tyrone lost to our man, the qualifiers, one of the only things they did well in that entire game was they managed black hair. We praised Galway too. We praised Galway in a game as well. But that's like, what? what? Which of course that happens. What do you expect them to do? You want to jump up and let Kerry have as much time with the ball when they're down to 14 men? Like, like honestly, like, piss off. Like, what? What are people? No, but it should be taken out. It should be taken out. Oh, the, re- the referee, is, the player, if he's simbined, is out for 10 minutes of play. Not when the clock has stopped. Yes. The simbin has stopped. Simple. That's the rule. That's what, the rule in women's football. That's the rule in women's football. No, and it's twice. so easy to, to remedy. Like, of course, teams, if you say 10 minutes of play, like the ball, even if there's no you know, gamesmanship or whatever you want to call it, the, the ball's probably only going to be in play for four or five minutes. So half the time is gone anyway. If you really want to punish a guy for giving him a black card and be serious about defence, he's out for 10 minutes of game time, which might be, you can waste as much time as you want, but he might end up missing 25 minutes in a match. But until that happens, every single team is going to do that. You don't win the All-Ireland by being nice, simple. So no problem. And I'd say this if it was... Shane Ryan down the other end, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Like, yeah. well, I don't no. think anyone, nobody's criticizing Comerford. If anything, people are saying Comerford was so clever there. Yeah. But yeah. it does, it does expose a bit of a flaw. In oh, totally. But we were saying it all year, lads. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's flawed and GA will fix it, which is good in a way that it usually takes a couple of these things for them to go, oh, okay, we've got that one wrong again. Here's a way we'll fix it. But yeah. I, I think there should be a sin bin clock. If you're off, you miss 10 minutes of game time not 10 minutes of just normal. I think it's actually been agreed to go through twice at Congress and it's been blocked by some sort of weird delegation yes. in the, yeah. so whatever's going on there Usual absolute bullshit there you go. does it's anything just, ever get through that Congress these are the same fellas <laughs> giving out about it now like. yeah. <laughs> Paddy in real time in real time when Sean O'Shea pulls on the rebound 
Did you t- now? You obviously had a very good angle above it. I thought he should have went for it. Yeah. 100%. No, no, not that he should have went for it. Did you think that he might have been gone? Do you think he might have no. got sent off? No. No chance. Okay. And I've seen people saying there's a slow mo okay. version of the replay where his left leg catches him in the head. Yeah, people- the ball is there. I actually I was dreading it because Evan saves it and then it kind of hits his knee or something and it comes back out to Shawnee Shane. I was like, oh, he's going to score a rebound. He's a hundred percent entitled to go for that one. Without a shadow of a doubt, there's no, I don't think there's any foul play there. He's got to go for it. Evan is unbelievably brave to save. He gets a bang in the head. I get that. I've had a bad bang in the head myself. I understand that. Yeah. That instance, um, no, he's got to go for the ball. Okay. No, no issue with that. Quick fire. James, can you describe David Clifford's performance yesterday? First half. Mercurial. <laughs> like, some of the points he got. My favorite point, without a doubt, was over in the Q's extend where he gets it. He turns quickly, so he faces Lee Gannon up. He pretends to go left towards the, towards the goal and cuts back on the right and shows unbelievable strength to actually take a solo and a hop to cut back in again like at a complete right angle and then chip it over with his right leg. Was that the one right before halftime? Yeah, it was the last point he got in the first half. Oh, my God. Every first, everyone, they weren't even clapping. They were just kind of looking around, laughing at each other because it was just absolutely brilliant. That said, he he has another gear again. He has another gear. And this Galway final is going to be set up for him. He's been building nicely. He was good against Mayo, but we knew there was a kick in him. He was excellent against Dublin. There's another kick in him. I hope that Kerry can get him enough ball against Galway to, to really see him get those get those unbelievable scores. Because okay. some of them are just reckless. Paddy, James McCarthy, you mentioned earlier, if he hasn't cemented his status as the greatest Dublin player of all time, he has, but... he, he, you know, he's up there. You mentioned pride watching the manner in which Dublin clawed that game back yesterday and it came so yeah, close. It was, yeah. And it really it really felt like that. Can you can you put into words what the hell McCarthy is to that team? Look, I don't think it's just him. Um, but, but yesterday he was kind of nearly the standout guy. I'd have massive time for, for what Mick Fitzsimons did in the second half as well. He's he's 34 years of age. 12 years ago, or 11 years ago, he was marking Gooch in the 2011 final. So he's been the absolute man for over a decade, taking out the top guy and marking marking the cliff when he's in that form and their space and your 34 is not easy. But he gets some unbelievable turnovers in the second half. When he's up against it, Clifford scores four or five points and you're thinking, but just the mentality of him. Kilkenny as well, who's been well marshaled in the first half. Morley's all over him. Kerry have obviously targeted him as look as you'd expect. He's the, he's an absolute key player for Dublin. And that was my my big thing. Like Dublin, this is not this is not the best ever Dublin team. That's just the reality of it. And you've seen that over the last kind of 18 months. But nearly just, and like I said, without a massive tactical change, that game is gone from Dublin. Like they're being totally wiped at halftime. They're thinking, you're fearing for it. And these guys just come out. Like James McCarthy has eight all-order medals. Fitzsimons has eight all-order medals. They were playing in that second half like they're going for the first. It was, it was like, I was shaking looking at the guys. And I'm fortunate enough to play with them for years and they'd be friends of mine but they're still that makes it even more just so so proud of the guys like um, and that's why it was heartbreaking like I, honestly I was as gutted after that match as like we didn't lose many big games we were fortunate for like 2014 would be one of the biggest defeats I was ever part of I'd say it was nearly as good as yesterday for those lads just looking at Macker and, and Fitzy and, and those boys there Was it worse than last year against Mayo? Yeah, I think it was because there was a sense of nearly inevitability with that Mayo game. Dublin were just, they were on fumes. Like, they were absolutely on fumes. 
that defeat and then how the spring went and, and just being totally written off across the board. And look, there was question marks there. It was like, have the Wales completely come off this team? And it's easy for, for Macker and these guys to say, look, we owe no one anything. We've done everything. We've won everything in the game. Let's just ride off into the sunset. But they come back to the well yesterday. And I mean, that takes stones to do that. Like, yeah. when you know you're up against that. And that's what yesterday was like. Uh, it was emotional. It was. It was good. Jimmy will tell you, he was looking at me, laughing at me. <laughs> but for, I just couldn't praise them enough. Um, it was incredible to watch, yeah. James, last word on that Kerry performance yesterday. I didn't get the sense looking at you celebrating it that you weren't feeling like you sh- you should be that you wanted to be down there like that it was okay being there in the press box yesterday or was it or did you find it tough? No, I was fine. I've asked uh, you this a couple of times now this year because I've been expecting you to break, <laughs> but you haven't. <laughs> trying to do with Thomas Niblock on there and make him cry. <laughs> exactly. a good chat with Tommy Niblock there on Saturday at the game. Actually, we're having a good laugh about. It. He's like. He didn't try and get you on the pod, no? He's like Oprah Winfrey. Is he? Has, just brings the guests in and they all start crying. He's unbelievable. I can't wait till he gets the wolf on. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Two-hour special. James, what did you feel looking at that, the way they got over the line yesterday? Because you were you were such a part of that team up until last summer. I suppose, no, like, similar to what Paddy said, like, I was just absolutely delighted for the boys because obviously there has been some horrible losses like the, the Cork game when Marquine gets the goal you got the Tyrone game after extra time you know we had a couple of close calls against Dublin the 2019 draw was was a game we left after us you know so there have been those moments but it was a coming of age game for the boys and like Ganey has been soldiering on that team for so long Stephen O'Brien David Moran like these fellas have been around forever and they're still at it and still performing at the top level. And I think that the final is going to suit those boys even more probably in that Dublin game. Really? Like the pace was incredible in that game. Whereas I think the Galway game will be more of a kind of an experience-based, tactical-based game rather than a helter-skelter carry Dublin game. So That's I think Galway's best chance to win it. Yeah, well, it, it, is, win it is going to be like that. It is going to be like that. Is it Galway 2000? Or is it Galway 2001 when they absolutely blitz Mead after Mead blitz Kerry? That is what we're going to come to. So we're going to move on to Derry Galway right now. Paddy, first question. Conor McCluskey's performance. Was yeah. it the defensive performance of the weekend? It was top class because we know the most impressive thing, Walsh goes for him a few times. And we've seen how elusive Shane Walsh is. His power, his speed, he kind of stops and starts. And McCluskey matches him stride for stride all over the pitch. Near hand tackling. Walsh is trying to push him off. His strength, his balance. No fouls on him. It was. It was a brilliant performance. Chrissy McKay just... Like, Another Rob Finnerty, I'll take him. Absolutely wipes him out of the game. T- brilliant, brilliant displays from both of those guys. And look, they've been like that all year. So McCluskey, yeah, he's kind of got under the radar. It's kind of Rogers and McCaig. But his performance on, on Shane Walsh on, on Saturday was was phenomenal. Look, the big, the elephant in the room was, and we said it half time, Comer was the man. And Rogers, Rogers kicks two points in the first 10 minutes. You're thinking, right, he has Comer on the back foot, but you could see already before half time when Comer started going at him and, and bringing him in close to goal, he was getting the better of him. You're thinking, would you just take the risk of putting McCaig over on him? And they'd never change it. And look. Massive mistake. You, they, that, that's a regret. They look back and go, would McKay, does, does Comer score those two goals in the second half if McCaig is on him? You felt that in real time, did you? Yeah, it was, Colin Gittigan actually said it to me at half time. He, he had said it. He goes, I'm, I'm worried about that one. 
That was that was that because of Comer's point just before half time? Yeah, McCormick has two points in the first half, and he yeah. couldn't be the only goal. We don't score for twenty one minutes, and you're thinking this is textbook Derry, and he just gets them back in it. And but he was the one Galway forward who was winning his battle there, yeah. and you're just thinking if they snuff him out, Derry, even though they, Derry are not doing anything up front, which we knew would be an issue. Derry had Derry went twenty one minutes too without scoring in the first half. Yeah, well, Derry only scored a point in the first half, in the, a point yeah. from playing the second half. They scored six points, and look, we, we said from right from the get go that we felt that was going to be an issue for them. And, and to be honest, being in there at the game, there was an incredible atmosphere. But once Comer gets the goal and it goes one seven to four. That was it. Forget it was a brilliant goal. It was Conor Callaghan versus Mayo-esque. But both, both the goals, well, well, it's, look, I think you can't go, John Daly's kick pass inside. We, we said it. It's like, you need to, when you're playing against the blanket defence and organised defence, either you either you move really, really fast or the ball moves really, really fast. That's how you break it down. You've got a probe and John Daly hits that kick pass in. It's a 30 yarder and it's out of, out of that pass alone, even though there you have 12 guys back inside their 45, they get a one-on-one with Comer and he does the rest. Um, Daly did the same thing in the first half to set up a Comer point yeah. that punched the blanket. He, he was exceptional. Galway, Galway were very impressive. Comer's the match winner though and, and for Derry to look back and go, what if? Well, I, like, when they're inside in the meeting and they're going matchups, like, I, I, I think that McCaig would have nearly been like, I'll take Comer. Like, Comer is the... I was surprised the one who can get 2-2. Comer's the one who can get 2-2. Shane Walsh can get four or five from outside. Finnerty can get probably two or three. But the only fellow with the realistic goal threat who's going to actually be the game winner is Comer. And they just got, I think they just got that. I uh, would have looked at, at McCluskey on Finnerty, just with the size and that sort of things. Possibly McCaig on Comer, but then Rogers is going to struggle with Shane Walsh. But Shane Walsh is out the pitch and that suits Rogers being out the pitch. So look, I didn't have the matchup that way. Two of them were nailed on that the, like, the two main ones the two main ones we said all year were, were, were Walsh and Comer the two main ones were Walsh and Comer and then it, it was kind of whoever you have left I was surprised and that's why Finnerty was playing so well kind of but like Comer is no he, he's nearly favourite from player of the year like he he's an outstanding player like he got 2-2 two, two from play who's going to pick him up in the final Foley or Tom Sullivan Foley yeah Tom Sullivan will be on Shane Walsh Foley on Comer and like Foley on Comer, like Foley, I thought was was very good yesterday. Again, solid. He's in that system. He had a couple of big moments in the second half. This but is Com- going to be a massive, massive test for Foley. Like yeah. Comer will ask he's the question that defense that Conor Callahan would have asked. Exactly. Yeah, he's going to stay in. He'll be direct. He'll be an absolute handful, and he's a target. But Harley or Harley for Cork is kind of similar as well. Foley's marked him a couple of times early on in his career. He had a little bit of trouble with him, but yeah. he kind of. He kind of filled out more. Jason filled out more, and he's kind of able to deal with that type of player now. So it'll be that'll be a huge okay. battle for Kerry. Huge if if Foley comes out on top there. It's a, a different kettle of fish to her. He is. He is. He is. He is. But he's similar kind of stocky and power. He's 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 a, he's probably better now. He's a bit a bit more of a bulldog, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bit more. Uh, Comer's a bit closer to Kieran Martin than he is to Brian Hurdy. Yeah, Kieran Martin actually. Yeah, very. Similar. Um. Okay, I, I want you both on this. Can Derry go to another level in 2023? Yeah. Like McGuinness and Gallagher brought Donegal from 11 to 12. That's what I'm asking. Because this did feel like it had shades of, I know the comparison was made, the 4-2 scoreline in the first half of Dublin, Donegal and 11, but it has felt like this is year one of that project. Year two, obviously. I think a success for Derry next year, win Division 2, get into Division 1. 
and try and defend the Ulster Championship. I don't think, we said from right from the get-go, to win the All-Ireland, I don't think they have the scoring power. Nothing changed for me from seeing them on, on Saturday night. But the Donegal, yeah, I suppose. Donegal had, had, had Murphy and McFadden, yeah. And McBridge. And McGurphy was a kid. If you're looking like getting there, yeah. Niall Auckland have had, had amazing seasons, but it wouldn't, I, I don't think they're in that bracket yet. But look, look, this is time, dirty to bring through younger guys as well. They've got what a phenomenal base they've got in there. Yeah. The energy around that county, the crowd was incredible. They've got one of the best coaches in the game and they've got some outstanding players and they've got some outstanding lessons over the last three months. How to win tight games. They'll improve from that. There's an energy. They will be mad for out. I'm telling you. They, they're not going away. Okay, they'll be disappointed with the semi-final, but they're going, we can't wait for the McKenna Cup in January. You can't wait to, they will target, we're going to blitz Division 2. We need to get into Division 1. That's how we're going to improve as well. So I think that I expect them to improve. Will they be back in another in semi-final? I think other teams are going to improve as well. But it's it's so open again. It, know, whatever it, it, it happens, is, but, class. But that's that's the exciting thing. We said from day one of this this season when we recorded the first pod that teams needed to stand up and, and, and challenge the old guard, the challenge the likes of Mayo, challenge the likes of Dublin. Galway, Galway and Derry have done that. So will Derry get back? It, it, will it be now in the semi-final next year? I don't know. But I think they'll improve as a team and they'll take some phenomenal lessons out of it. But the, the firepower issue, I, I've always said it, I don't think you can win the All-Ireland playing that defensively. I agree. And whenever okay. we mentioned on the pod, it was put to us that Derry scored 118, 116, 312, 513. But I think those questions were always still there. It's not the same. No. But you know what Derry do in fairness, and this has been their unbelievable tactic. When they're breaking out from defence, they stop and turn. Basketball. Wait for everyone to get into their position. Basketball. And then they go, like, you're never going to score that much doing that. Like, you get a bulk of scores by going as fast as you can. And delivering the ball as quickly as you can and getting off the, the receiver. It's but so, if you're so, it's so every... structured, like it's so structured, which is that's why they've been so successful. There's nothing to there's no surprises at the defense. The defense know exactly what you're gonna do after the first five or six attacks. You can see go away. You, you can see the go away sweepers very quickly in the first half, maybe 15, 20 minutes in, clue first, into what first play, McHugh yeah. and Kermaloy drop in, you know, you know what they're doing like. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. It, it it will get you to a point, but you're going. Derry were nowhere before this, so they've yeah. they've jumped the gun so much. They've yeah. won the Ulster Championship, so, so they've been an All Ireland semi final. So that's phase one of this. The next yeah. phase, there needs to be some element of jeopardy or in their attack or kind of stardust or a bit of unknown because it's it, it's too structured an attack that you're not going to get over the biggest teams. Yeah, well, that's funny. Some... The, the biggest risk they take in their play is insane is the goalkeeper mm. it's like it's quite structured it's so controlled everywhere and then they have a goalkeeper sprinting out the goal in my opinion like nearly getting in the way of, of attacks like that was just that's an insane risk to take it's just it kind of goes against everything else and look it just didn't it didn't work on Saturday we were always fearful of it yeah and it was teetering on the edge but, but there's yeah, there's been times where it's been, and the word Joe Malloy has used a lot is innovation for the sake of innovation with keepers, right? There's times when they're in the way and there's times when it's worked really well. I don't agree with it. I definitely don't agree with it when it's actually a goalkeeper. Goal. Ethan Rafferty's a different proposition because he's actually a forward and he brings pace and he brings penetration to attack. Yeah. Kick scores. Niall Morgan, to be fair as well, can kick scores. 
I don't like begging going up. I don't think begging offers absolutely anything to an attack. I don't want my goalkeeper to run 90 yards up the pitch and hand pass the ball five yards sideways. Why you do? What is the point of that? And so many goalkeepers, it's like it's nearly the norm now. Oh, everyone's doing it. I'll go forward as well. Go forward if you are actually going to add positively to the attack. Do not come up the pitch like Orlan Lynch the other day. And my God, he like he was struggling to solo the ball. It, it was just hard in your mouth. And then it was coming, yeah. Like he was absolutely gassed running back. He was knackered. He was like, he was nearly walking back. It was just, it was like, this is not the right thing to do. If you're an outfield player and you're brilliant, I can see why you might do it, that you're going to add to the attack. But too many goalkeepers are coming with the pitch, getting in the way, and it's just like, they're offering absolutely zero to the attack. And and Saturday was the absolute poster child for that. The only thing, in fairness, Oran Lynch, I don't think he wanted to be doing it. Like, he was under strict instruction. Like, he was being... I don't know how you could be. And he was saying... Get up there, or you know, come late. Like, and he was kind of almost going, "You sure? <laughs> do I actually have to do this?" I don't like, think he was comfortable at all. Like, it was just he didn't look it. By God, he did not look it even before the goal. But like, I, I think you're right. Jim. A lot, of, a lot of goalkeepers are being hung out to dry in that situation because, yeah. as you said, the manager sees someone else do it, so they say our goalkeeper can do that, and then they're do not comfortable, you, and it can upset it, everyone. If you're gonna do it, put it out for and go. Did you see Gallagher lose the head of McCaig? McCaig. McKay has been sensational yeah. all year, but he did the exact same thing that he did in the quarterfinal. He took a shot from the right. And I've seen him yeah. score that before in previous years. He curls it in. Gallagher lost the shit. Yeah. Lost it. Um, lost. Line of the weekend. This came from Joe Brawley. Line of the weekend. Pork Joyce and Hawkeye malfunctioning. It goes <laughs> to show that machines are only human. <laughs> Paddy, the lift that it gave go away at the start of the second half, there's no getting away from it. Like it felt like it was a. Uh, you could hear the roar. I was on the way to a game. You could hear the roar coming through the radio, and it was like, wow, that's going to give them a psychological boost. It was a score, and that's why it was so odd. It was like at the time, it looked like everyone in the stadium. It looked like a score. The Galway fans on the hill were celebrating, which is again, it's always a telltale sign. The umpire was so definitive in giving it, and no Derry player even. Is challenging it. Do you know if, if even a sniff a goal wide, the goalkeeper's giving it a big one. It was like such an obvious score. And then they might want to get called back for Hawker. You know, obviously, they don't call the ref back unless, and it's given wide. You can see going, the line was off though, couldn't you? You're going like, Jesus, that, that's surprising now. Everyone's kind of like, oh, okay, it's a bad miss from Shane Walsh. And then just as the halftime whistle goes, obviously, the press box, you have RT on the TV as well. RT show a replay of it, and it's like, absolute stone wall over the bar and the whole stadium knew and th- do you know what they're lucky in a way right imagine that's in real time and it, there's not half time a minute later and they you mean it's the end of the game you mean it's or the if it's the at the end of the game and yes. Derry win <laughs> it's like and Derry win by a point and they're celebrating and they're going like what the hell is going on there would have been war yeah but so even it, like it would have been like you kind of get away with it. But I tell you one thing, and it was there, Connor Glass scores a point. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and Hawkeye shows it, and it, it's inside the post. And every, Derry fans cheer, and then it comes up, Neil. <laughs> like, the whole, the credibility of the entire Hawkeye system is in question. Now. Shot, yeah, 100%. So, but was it with Connor Glass's one was in the first half as well? Yeah, it was. It was about 10 not, why didn't they go back and look at every shot that was Hawkeye wide then? So true. Why, why did they only do Shane Walsh's and not do... Kind of glasses, but, but yeah. the thing, the Connor Glass, the, the Hawkeye replay comes up and it's inside the post. 
and yeah. everyone cheers in the stadium and then it goes Neil it's like <laughs> it should have been it should have been what? tagged on as well um, Talchin Cup final Paddy the celebrations afterwards were just oh you go I'm going down to Westmead lads the absolute endorsement for it it was savage it was class three but days they've been on the beards phenomenal scenes the, the, the contrast in the I suppose now I, I didn't think I thought Derry Galway was intriguing even watching my second half found it I found it, it was. Watchable. It was, I didn't it think was, it was a that very bad. interesting game. Like but I said, wonderfully purist. It was very, very enjoyable. Westmead Cavan game was a cracking game of football. Like the yep. skill on show. James, as David Clifford played the ball across to Stephen O'Brien, had you, from knowing O'Brien for years, did you think Stephen O'Brien was going to pull on a first time when he picked the ball clean off the ground? The way that Lorcan Dolan did for Westmead and stuck oh, it in the top corner? Does Stephen O'Brien have that in his arsenal to do that? He does, he does. Actually, I remember I were <laughs> training one time and do you know the way you, you'd go in, you'd be through on goal and you were very good at a paddy. You'd always look for the fella coming in late for the hand pass across the goal and tap it. Guaranteed goal, like, yeah. So Steve was coming in one day down the line in training and he hand passed the ball down to my feet and I got to volley it because it was so low. Obviously, skied it. And he lost the plot going, the volley is never on. The volley is never on. So I think that if that came across to Steve, he would have had to pick it up because if he ever swung a leg, he'd never live it down. Okay. Some fellas just, they like tried and trusted, pick it up, fist it over the bar, get the shot down the middle, they, as they call but it. I'd say if, if it does come across you like that, you have to have a go. It was some finish from Dolan. Yeah. Dolan's finish. Sensational. Yeah, it was. It was classic affairs. But that roofed it. If it, that the quality of that game was very high, it was yeah. like to two, say they are two good teams. The intermediate, the, you know, second tier, like hmm. unbelievable to be to get that day, day out in Crow Park. And the Kilkenny, the Kilkenny game was was excellent as well. The second yeah. half Ask of that game, goal was like watching Real Madrid. Like it was like it was, <laughs> it was a like step a, over in it. I was like, oh my god, this is phenomenal. <laughs> it was like three soccer. soccer, like. Uh, but no, for for Cavan, I tipped them. They'd be disappointed. They'd be disappointed. They they get a lucky goal, Park Faulkner's goal, and it gets their noses in front. It was a cagey enough game. Yeah. Um, and once that they're two points up with 10 minutes to go, and the Thomas Gallagher incident, it's a red card. I'm sorry, it's not intentional. He, like goes, into, he goes into burying, but once um, I think it was Ron O'Toole turns, yeah. it's dangerous. It looked really bad, actually. In, yeah. Because it was right again, it was right in front of us. I think it was in real time, yeah. Ron O'Toole was actually all right. He gets up and there's no no injury. But it, I thought, like, Paddy, you thought it was like, a red to be to be on this this day and age, you, you have to be careful. And that could have been a lot messier. Can I ask you about that for a second? Because I know it's slightly different, but Morgan catches you in the jaw, you break your jaw. I like we've spoken about it for the impact that would have had on you for, for weeks. We saw it with Greg McCabe missed time on a shoulder in the quarterfinal and was kind of, we forgot about it because of the melee and the incident that happened afterwards. Yeah, but he yeah. nails the man in the head. Adrian Spillane yeah. yesterday, I looked, I thought it was harsh in real time, but he catches Gannon the wrong way and he's rightfully booked. Lads are so uh, no, Adrian Spillane's one was nothing in it. Really? Uh, we we that, both that thought looked, at the time, it was like, it looked bad in real time and we're going, he could get, he could get the line here. Yeah. It's actually, when you see the replay of it, okay. we, we, we thought he'd put actually his elbow up and caught him, but he hadn't. He, okay. Adrian Spillane's was all right. It's just you're, you're running the risk. When you go in to, to bury a fella like that, and look, we, we like the physicality of Gaelic football, I get all that, but like sport is kind of moving on. We've seen it in rugby as well. You, you can do serious damage. We, we have the big incident, obviously, with John Small and Owen McLaughlin last year's all in semi-final. Guys can get a ser- These guys are 
big, bloody players. Yeah. And if you're coming in full tilt and the player doesn't see you coming, it's great. If you catch him on the shoulder, it's okay. It's just a big hit. But literally milliseconds, he turns and you catch. That's because Morgan's one with me. That's, it actually doesn't even look that bad. But I just turn my head and your jaw's gone. Good luck. <laughs> so, yeah. so for that, referees kind of looked at there's a bit of responsibility. I think I think you have to. It, it might seem harsh because like I say, Galligan, it's, it's not intentional. He's going into burying, but in a kind of fair way, shoulder to shoulder, and, and O'Toole just turns. So the red card, Kevin from two points up, they, they just struggle for the last 10 minutes. They're probably still going to get away with it. I think they'll be more annoyed. Kieran Martin's goal is brilliant, but Kevin defensively are looking at yeah. that goal. They had six lads there. You go, and Kieran Martin is not... Kieran Martin is not the Kieran Martin who's doing it in 2016. Yeah, it's not from, from <laughs> seven or eight years ago. He's not Jack McCaffrey. Like, yeah. He should not be getting through in that instance. It's a brilliant yeah. goal. Yeah. But Cavan will be looking. They About five goals to take him out. And they don't. And that's ultimately the score. It's a brilliant score to win it. And you know what? The scenes after, you could see Cavan were devastated. Westmead were like, you even seen it on the pitch. It meant so much to them. And subsequently, you've seen the last couple of days, the celebrations. It's savage. It's class. Telta Cup has been a massive success. There's still things to improve on it. Get rid of that bloody northern southern section. Let teams play each other. Yep. But as a first go at this, it's been a success. The players clearly love it. Supporters love it. Massive cabin crowd, massive Westmead crowd. It's here to stay. And the players have been crying out for it. And it's been, to be fair, a success in year one. Yeah, 100%. Um, last like run or two performance yesterday he was man the match five points exceptional Sam McCartan kicked the point off his left off his right off the deck the quality on show was, was brilliant even defensively I thought um, Westmead were just exceptional across the board so well done to them enjoy the team holiday and I think the holiday progression well. yeah oh. to get a team holiday I think it's like worth 60 something like worth 60k I'm not, I'm not fully yeah. sure about that but something like that yeah it's, it's, it's unbelievable it's, yeah it's class um yeah. And I think Plus, yeah, they'll Tatum. be skipping into the into the national league next year. Same exactly. thing. They'll be looking at division three. Let's yeah. romp home on this. Get up the divisions and yeah. have a court to Leicester Championship as well. After we're nearly finished here, boys. Park is unbelievable. We're nearly finished here, boys. Just to mention uh, quickly, James, did you back Calvin or Westmead last week? Westmead. All right. Okay. So me and you he's were both lying. Two. He's lying to your two face. for three. Paddy was one for three. I was three for three. Just to put it out You're there. A disaster. Um, fancy football. I'm actually top of the leaderboard. I'm a point ahead of James. Paddy, you're not far off, but you're third position. Conor Moyle, uh, get me any points. Third, third from three. <laughs> we are like, but we're still, even though I'm top, we're I still like... We still have Reno as captain, do we? Like? I think so, yeah. We're still like 60th. I'm like 60th in the in the actual league. Niall Hassan is leading the way, 1,255 points. Kieran Kenrick is behind them. Ollie Donnelly in third. A couple of quick fire questions, right? Nicholas Stone in Boston. Paddy, if you could have brought this can be quick. Paddy, if you could have brought one recently retired double player back for yesterday's game in their prime, who would it have been? Manion. Manion no, it would be useless. Manion played double number one. And can I ask you? Yeah, definitely full forward line player, I would say. Do you not agree? I absolutely agree. But if the ball was in Paul Manion's hand in injury time on the left hand side of the pitch, was he the only double footballer who could have kicked that shot the night Scully took? Scully had time to get back on the right. Did you yeah. think so it was like, someone falls? Who was it? He kind of goes to tackle him and he kind of slips and he has more time than he realises. For yesterday, Mannion. I've oh. seen Mannion score that point. Nailed on. He'd tap it over. Okay. Was um, it? it was a poor decision by Scully, I think, because it was like on his poor, on his bad leg at that stage in the game. Even if they recycled it for another chance, they probably would have got a different shot off. Mm. Do you know? Keith Ford, 
Uh, I said it a few weeks ago. If Dublin won, I'd wear a Kerry jersey on my stag. Hard luck, Kate. Send us a photo. Cormac said, do Kerry now have an issue with penalty takers, James? Clifford Ganey and Sean O'Shea have all missed in big games recently. I wouldn't say an issue, but I think they probably need to spend some time on it. Um, probably need someone to practice them every night. I probably hasn't been happening. Uh, but those fellas, the three fellas you named, are could be unbelievable penalty takers if they spend probably more time on it. So it, it's definitely not an issue. The ball strikers and Kerry are fine. It's just a matter of building up a bit of confidence by practice. Keen Hoy wants to know, Paddy, is it important that Desi stays on to further develop this new blend of youth and experience? Desi will be staying on, yeah, 100%. And final question. Uh, Andy McIntyre has just been confirmed as Antrim manager tonight. Are you surprised that he's got back in so quickly? Jesus. After doing a, a Sean Dyche. Oh, no. Who was it? Yeah. <laughs> one day in the next. It's, it's oh, your man from Norwich, Dean Smith, went straight from Norwich. Oh, yeah. To yeah, Villa, Villa to Norwich. It's a good gig. Like, in the beginning, he did a lot. Of good stuff with Antrim, there's a base there. Um, Huge population. And he obviously, obviously has the bug to get back into it. So up the road to Belfast. There you go. All the best. Good appointment. It's a good appointment for Antrim, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They, it must, is. Have, they must have gone after him and shown, sold him a, a project kind of thing. Do you know, um, like this Mac- is where we're going. So that, that's a good sign that they were able to, to get someone of that calibre. They must have had to go on and convince him because McIntyre said the week afterwards on OTBAM that he, he had no interest managing another county. So <laughs> they must have they must have gone That's good I saw, I saw him driving a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that to him. He, um, he accepted the job from Dubai. <laughs> lads, I'm uh, really looking forward to Thursday night in Kilmacud. Uh, we'll have a couple of hundred football pod, loyal football pod listeners there on the night. It's going to be top class. Michael Meehan's going to be there. Can't wait for it. I'm going to go off here and watch the game in the rain from 2008. James, you were actually there that day, weren't you? I was indeed. We'll talk about it on Thursday night, but it was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was. You didn't have a minor game that day, did you? We did. We played awfully in a minor game. Barry John Walsh got 4-4 and then we got the bus up to to Crow Park. It was an absolute washout. But a savage day. Unbelievable football. Some unbelievable football to be played in that rain. Unreal, yeah, no, unbelievable. Go back and watch the full games on YouTube. So we'll be going through a bit of that oh, on Thursday night, yeah. Michael. Yeah, Kilmacud Croaks on Thursday night, Michael Mayhem, legend. Looking forward to chatting to him. Yeah. So we're going to have a chat. Michael's going to come up for a chat, and then we're going to get stuck into a proper All Ireland final preview. It will be available in the Football Pod feed a little later in the week. If you're not there in the night, hard luck. But I am giving away two final pairs of tickets tonight. Keep an eye on the Football Pod Twitter and Instagram pages. We'll let you know then. Paddy Andrews pleasure James O'Donoghue thank you very much and thanks to everyone for listening in fair play lads another one in the books up to dubs talk soon